hey, you want to know what's kind of frustrating to me? The fact that my guy comes quicker than I do most of the time, right? There's nothing hotter to me than when my guy comes at the same time as me, all right? But that rarely happens, and that's because there's an orgasm gap. It's just a fucking fact, right? Women take a little bit longer to come than guys. But there is a solution to that problem, okay? And it is my sponsor, Promescence Delay Spray. And I know what you're thinking, delay spray. I don't have PE. No, this is delay spray is for any guy that wants to last a little bit longer without having to worry about lasting longer. It's not going to totally numb you out and it's not going to transfer to your partner. And for your partner, they have a whole women's line of products. My favorite is the warming gel. They also sell lube and condoms. They have supplements for both men and women that will make you hornier. All you have to do is go to delayspray.com and use my discount code strictlyanon15 for 15% off your first order. That's delayspray.com. Use my code strictlyanon15 for 15% off your order. Or just go in the description, click on the link, and 15% will be automatically applied at checkout. Promescent backs up their products with a 60-day money-back guarantee, and your package is going to arrive discreetly. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your grief flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Namas podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous podcast on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you're listening to this episode on a podcast app, make sure to subscribe to my show. I post episodes every uh, Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm probably going to be doing Fridays soon. Fetish Fridays, I think I'm going to call it. And I'm going to post like specific fetish episodes on Fridays too. So stay tuned for that. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, today, oh, if you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show where, you know, people are most of the time just calling in to talk about their interesting lives. Sometimes it's secret lives. Sometimes it's not. My, my guest today, it's not a secret life that she lives, but it's a fucking interesting one, okay? <laughs> but if you want to be on the show, send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Now, today I have on Mary Sparkle Tits. <laughs> well, I'm a little obsessed with that name, so I might say it like 80 times on this intro. Um, but she called in because she is a polyamorous cuck queen. She's also a lot of other things. I mean, this girl has been there, done that. She lives it. She is open about it. I didn't have to change her her voice because, like I said, she this is who she is. We got so much into her backstory today. I'm like, oh my God, you probably have like a million like other hot stories to tell. And she was like, yeah. And so I was like, come back on, we'll do a part two. And we already taped that part two. And that part two is amazing. I'm going to air it next Sunday. So stay tuned to that. You want to though hear her whole backstory, you know, when she started having threesomes, when she realized she was a cuck queen, when she got into BDSM, when she started to have open relationships. She talks about all the things that she is into, which is a lot of things. She has done it all. You've been a dom. She's been a sub. She likes shibari tying up. She likes denial and tease and watching her guy with somebody else. And that's the cuck queen in her. 
and being denied and being degraded and all of that. She talks about how she got into polyamory and how it was messy at first and how she believes much more so in relationship anarchy. You're going to find out what that is and why she's into it. She's really good at explaining. She's really honest and open about who she is and she's very sex positive, I have to say. I learned a lot from Mary Sparkle Tits. You will too. You need to hear this episode to get her backstory and stay tuned because next week you're going to get Mary Sparkle Tits titillating stories. And if you want to see what Mary Sparkle Tits looks like, join my Patreon. I have a bunch of pics of her and they do not disappoint. Tons of pics of Mary Sparkle Tits on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Link is in the description below. I'm going to be right back on with Mary Sparkle Tits. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hey, Mary. Hey. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? Hi. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm very excited to talk to you because before I even talk to you, I know the title of your show. It's Mary is a polyamorous cuck queen. <laughs> I've had polyamorous <laughs> people on my show before. I had like one or two cuck mm -hmm. queens and now I have a polyamorous cuck queen. And I'm hoping you have a successful polyamorous relationship because I have yet to meet one of those people. Okay. So um, let's, just, <laughs> let's just get into your, I mean, but to me, I'm always saying like polyamory, mm. like I can't even imagine it. You know, it's like hard enough for me to love one person, let alone three, you know? <laughs> so why don't you yeah. like it start with your story? I don't know where you want to start first, but take it from yeah. there. Uh, all right. So I, about nine years ago, I heard the term polyamory and it was like a light bulb moment for me. It was, uh, I forever before that was like, I don't understand why everyone does monogamy. They're terrible at it. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to me, but I guess it's the thing we do. Um, and I really only was familiar with swinging prior to that as, or cheating as the alternative to monogamy. Mm -hmm. honesty and just like swinging from what I knew about it was just didn't feel like a fit right so I was just like I don't know I guess I guess I try monogamy and then continue to be terrible at it like most people um <laughs> just because of you know statistics around infidelity um and and then when I heard that polyamory was an option, I like just read about it voraciously because mm -hmm. um, it just instantly made sense to me. I was like, oh, I can just like ethically be intimately connected with more than one person and have everyone be aware and that's okay. Um, so that's when the light bulb went off was exploring that polyamory was a real option where I could ethically and honestly communicate with people about wants and being intimate with more than one person. Um, so it got a little bit messy at first because I feel like just most people, yeah, in theory, okay, I can love more than one person, but communicating isn't that simple. So um, a lot of people with being nervous about it would lie about things or not tell me that they were seeing someone else when they were. And for me, I like all the information possible. Yeah. 
the more information I have, the less I'm going to be anxious and nervous about it. Um, so that's how that started. But get more specific. So you say you get into, you know, polyamory. You're, you said the light bulb goes off. You realize this is what you want to try. And then you get into it and some people are lying to you and stuff. Like, so you started to date different people. Like how many, you know, how old were you? Yeah. So just, so at this point I would have been around 25 uh-huh. and 25. Right. Uh, I'm 34 now. And so I, the first person I tried dating actively being non-monogamous, he, yeah, he cheated on me through a variety of, in a variety of ways, um, and just could not conceptualize that he could actually tell me what he was doing. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's stupid, but it happens, right? And you would think like, why look a gift horse in the mouth? Like, here's a girl that's saying like, you could totally be down with other people. Just tell me. And they can't because I think that they just don't believe it or you know right I don't know what yeah. it is but I I've, I've experienced that yeah there's still this fear of like but if I if I actually tell you you're gonna freak out yeah so yeah I got to a breaking point and ended that relationship and then the next more serious relationship I entered I actually was in for seven years uh and that one was what would be called like a one penis policy relationship so that refers to I was allowed to see other people, but only women. Uh-huh. And he was allowed to see other people, but only women. Um, I would have been fine either way, but he was not comfortable with me being with other men. Right. And how did that go? That was good in most ways, um, except I just wasn't fully fulfilled. I truthfully was like, I want to be able to interact with any person I want to the way that I want to interact with that person. That's what works for me. Right. Um, so I made it work for as long as I could and for a variety of reasons, including like um, his alcohol addiction, I had to remove myself from that relationship. But the, the positive for me of that experience in terms of it being a one penis policy relationship is it pushed me into trying harder to have relationships with women. Uh-huh. Cause prior to that, I was interested in women, but it was mostly like I had a couple like sexual encounters, but wasn't trying to date women. Mm-hmm. And that pushed me to try harder to actually date women. And so now I have a lot more comfort with dating men or women than I did prior to that. Um, so through that relationship with him, though, was when I started actually playing with cuck, uh fantasies and experiences. So prior to that, even I had had many things where I was like, before even understanding non-monogamy, I just was like, it's really hot when I like notice my partner is flirting with someone else. Uh But, you know, at that point, I'm like, because monogamy is how it's supposed to be. I'm just, it has to stop there though. So like, it's hot if they're like flirting with someone else, but it has to stop there. Um, and just as I understood non-monogamy more, I was like, oh, it doesn't have to stop there. (laughs) So, yeah, it just turned out that, like, every time my partner would go see another woman, I would be really turned on by it, and I would often, like, masturbate while he was out with another woman because it was, like, just, like, hot that he was getting that pleasure from someone else. 
And now I want to know because I think like when my other girl came on and she was like, she's a cut queen. She said, you know, when she went looking for that kind of porn or stuff on that and she couldn't really find Mm -hmm. it. And I was like, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to be listening women, you know, to this episode and put it together. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, maybe I'm a cut queen. Like there was no maybe label that was out there or maybe Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of women out there that do get turned on in this kind of way, but they don't really put it together or label themselves. And, but maybe were you that way? Like, did you know you were into cock queen or did you realize it over time? No, no, I didn't know that for the longest time. It was just that I thought that, yeah, it was just, I knew I was like, bisexual and it was acceptable to you know find other women attractive so just the concept of like someone you know my partner found attractive and I maybe found attractive like them flirting was like oh that's kind of hot yeah and I had several like when I was a young adult like 18 19 like pseudo relationships where I was sleeping with someone for like months at a time where we weren't in a technically in a relationship and I knew that they were seeing other people and I was always just okay with it. Right. Um, it was just, well, if it makes sense for us to be together, great. And if you're with someone else, that's cool. Oh, you need a ride to her house. Sure. I'll drop you off. All right. Um, which in hindsight is not normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the time I was like, Oh, it's totally fine because we're not technically in a relationship and that's why it's okay. Right. <laughs> But were you getting turned on at that um, point or did that come later that you then put those connections in later where it actually turned you on? Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast.com at gmail.com or go to my website strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show if you have a short confession that you want to get off your back call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579 that's 347-420-3579 you could call that number 24-7 I change all the voices on the confessions too so you remain anonymous the number the website, and the email address will all be in the description. I think it came later, the like actually being turned on by it. At uh-huh. that point, it was a little more neutral of like, this is just okay. It's totally reasonable and it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, and then the being That's turned the on by it was later. Yeah, that was the poly coming out early. That's the part of you that's like really open in that way. And then the turn on part came later because you have both Mm -hmm. sides of it. Yeah. So then, so that guy, so you're in that seven year relationship and that's when you start to realize that you really enjoy when he's with the other girl. Now, did you have threesomes together and bring that like, were you all fooled around with the girls? We did. Yeah. So we had, so yeah, we had several threesomes. Uh Um, And there was one woman that we were both seeing for a while, a, a few months anyways, where we would see her either together or separately for, yeah, a period of months. And, you know, once or twice a week, we would get together with her, either the three of us or one of us would go see her. Uh And when he was with her, I'd be like, yeah, send me a picture of you two together or whatever, because just the thought of them being, having sex without me there was just as hot easily just as hot or hotter than even if I was involved. It was just them seeing them together 
when I was there also was hot and it would be threesomes where we all engaged, but sometimes I would just sit back and enjoy watching them enjoy each other. Uh Um, that's the true cock. And yes. So the kind of pinnacle for me of the like cuck experience of that relationship between the three of us Uh was we were at her house one day, the three of us, and we were like watching a show and, I fell asleep and they were still awake um, and they went off to the room to go have sex and I woke up and they weren't, you know, cuddling me anymore. (laughs) And so I went to go find them and they were in the room and I was like, Hey, can I join? And her response was no. And I like kind of died inside in a good way. (laughs) Oh my God. It was just like, Oh wow. That's really hot. (laughs) So it was, yeah, that was a moment for me because I, I just went back to the couch and like could hear them having sex in the next room um, and like knowing I wasn't allowed to go interact with them. right. Uh-huh. Um, so that was the, like, probably the moment where I was like, oh, wow, that's really hot. And I think that was when I, around when I discovered the term cut queen because I started looking into like, you know, if there was porn that lo- was about this or... Um, whatever, and there's, like your other, uh, the other cut queen you had on said, it's very, very, very hard to find. Uh, There are very, very few people who are openly talking about this. Women look at porn as much as men, but I think that they do title porn and organize it probably it's, it, a lot of it is geared towards men that's what I mean so I think that there's not a lot of cut queens up because they're not even considering the the female person who's going on there looking for shit you know what I mean like I don't know if there's any porn people mm-hmm. out there but have more cut queen stuff out there because there's probably so many women mm-hmm. that are into it that are like you I mean I've heard from all the girls that have called in and I think that it, it, if you guys are out there that means that there's so many other people out there doing the same thing there's just not a lot out mm-hmm. there but, uh, but you're here to say that that's what you're fucking into <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> definitely yeah yeah um so after a while they did invite me in to join them and mm-hmm. I you know then we had more of a threesome with the three of us that one day but like the memorable part was really just like being denied and that's interesting yeah Mm -hmm. not being allowed to go that was the highlight so that was the most extreme situation I had there where it was like full-on nope you are not allowed and that was fantastic right and you and that Um, guy dated for seven years and you're but you never got to sleep with guys because he didn't want it, but you, mm-hmm. is that why the en- relationship ended at the end? Because you felt like, like you said, that you needed to be more free and have more freedom to see who you wanted? That was a part of it. Uh, there was, I mean, most things are, most relationships don't end because of one thing. But that was, that was a big part of it. Like I had brought it up several times over the years being that I wanted to have, be able to be with men also. Yeah. Just because I, for me, now I understand more, I'm more relationship anarchy than polyamory itself. So what that means to me is that if I'm relating with any individual, I just want that relationship to evolve how it naturally would with me and that individual. So I didn't like that my relationship with 
uh, that one partner impacted how I was allowed to interact in my other relationships. Uh, Even if I didn't, like, maybe I didn't want to have sex with other people, but I wanted that to be my decision and that person I was with, not uh, the person who wasn't even there. Right. Uh Uh-huh. So when I talked to him more about that, uh, he just really got upset and he just, it, it added to his alcohol addiction, which led me to being, yeah, just needing to leave the relationship because it wasn't healthy anymore. It was just toxic. So. And then after that, because I, I think sometimes, especially when you're younger, it, it dating uh-huh. people, like sometimes it's, it's important and sometimes you actually realize what you do want by first figuring out what you don't want. Absolutely. Right? In a weird way. So here you are, you tried all these mm-hmm. other kind of relationships and now you're at that point, you really know what you want and what doesn't work for you. Because maybe before that you thought you could work like that way with him when you got into yeah. that relationship, right? You are you could be with other people. It's pretty open. Yeah, absolutely. When I had agreed to the one penis policy, it was from the point of like, yeah, like I don't feel like I need other dick in my life. I yeah. just want like to be able to connect with people and I do want to be able to like have sex with women. Yeah. And so at that point it felt like this is okay for now at least, but it always felt like but this is a conversation we're going to have again like that maybe at some point this is going to come up that I will want sex with men as well. So then after that relationship, what did did you go into every new relationship? Like, this is exactly who I am. This is exactly what I want. And you only had Absolutely. those kind of relationships? Yes. Uh, I actually dove really deep into the non-monogamy, my local non-monogamy community, where I became one of the like event organizers for the local non-monogamy meetup group. Oh, really? What kind of, where do you find that? Where did you find those groups? Where, where was this shit going down? I mean, like, so if other people are interested in it, how do you find a non-monogamy community? Like, is there a Facebook group out there? Like <laughs> Facebook, yes. Yeah. So really? Facebook pages and groups literally just searched, you know, city name and polyamory or non-monogamy and uh-huh. there will be stuff that pops up in any city. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So you got involved in that whole community and then just like excelled to the top yeah. of it and started putting together the events. <laughs> yeah. When I get interested in something, I tend to read a lot about it and just research it. So yeah, that's great. It came really naturally that once I was going to these meetups, I just would talk a lot and interact and answer questions. And then eventually the people who were leading it were like, do you want to be one of the facilitators? And uh, so that's how I ended up in that position. Yeah, that's awesome. So now you're in this world, you're a part of that group, you're heading out. And then when did you mm-hmm. start having your next, re- when was your next relationship or relationships? So that's been in the last like four years. Uh-huh. Um, I have had multiple, yeah, I mean, of course, there's, you know, it's multiple relationships overlapping because it's non-monogamy. So I was dating one person in the like kink and BDSM scene because I also interact in that community. Um, and I, so he and I were, you know, seeing each other the most, but he was also seeing uh, another woman. And then I started seeing another woman and then another guy. And then that first male relationship ended. And then the, through the pandemic, I was mostly dating one 
man because of pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so it was forced monogamy in, in, in a way because it was just for safety's sake, we were not seeing other people. Yeah. But when we were, prior to the pandemic, when we were seeing each other, there was, uh, he was seeing one woman on his own a couple times and he had asked if it, like she was okay with him taking pictures of like her going down on him or whatever so that he could show me it. So I was getting some of that there because it was, I'm okay with not hearing anything about it, but if I get to, I'm excited. <laughs> right. So you asked, you'll be like, oh, try um, to take some pictures or was she was down with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like if this person's like, up for it then like yeah please get pictures because i'd love to see whatever whatever they're okay with me seeing i do remember you saying something about like like being degraded but i don't know if you mean that in the sense of like Mm -hmm. being left out like like because you had that first experience where that girl was like no you can't get involved and you knew that you were into that like how did you take that further into your relationships yeah so yes i have taken that a bit further too so some of that has been through just fantasy play but so there was a period where myself and the person who I was dating through the pandemic were seeing um, another friend of mine. So we had a few group experiences with her and then some of the time it was more, I don't know, intimacy, but not necessarily sex. And so afterwards, a couple of the times we would have seen her and had some intimacy and then come home and like he and I would have sex. And he would talk to me about like how he wished he was he was fucking her instead. Oh, and while he was banging you, he's saying these kind of things. Is yeah. That, oh, and that's a yeah. turn on to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so especially through the pandemic, there was more of that type of degradation because of not really being able to physically interact with other people. There yeah, was you mocked it the, up. It was like fantasy talk. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so like, you know, like shoving my face into a pillow and being like, you know, this calling me someone else's name. Oh, okay. Because, you know, it was about like, no, like I don't, I don't even want to be fucking you. I wish I was fucking this other person instead. Um, and the degradation of that. Right, and that's like getting you wet. Yes. <laughs> Listen, like I said, I don't think you're the only person out there. I think it's probably very common but they don't uh yeah the one place i had found the most stuff was like tumblr before when it was good (laughs) right when they before they removed the adult content tumblr had the most um cuck queen content that i have found right okay there was a couple of really good bloggers about it you're the girl that heads up everything start a little you know start that do that (laughs) you know yes get on it because I mean, I, can I just say that the last name you used in your email? I mean, is this a fake name that you have, Mary? Right? Like this is a fake name, right? Mary, it, it kind of is, yes. But what about that last name? Can I say your last name? I mean, it sounds like a made-up oh, character. Yeah, yeah, I love can, it. It's yes, oh, yes. okay. It's Mary Sparkle Tits. I mean, Mary Sparkle Tits yes. is just like bound for you know a future in porn. I mean, I love the name. <laughs> yes. C- create some cuck queen porn, Mary Sparkle Tits, and use that name. You know. <laughs> Uh, yes I should <laughs> yeah is that your really name should. do you use that in the community or is that just something you made up to email me I mean is it okay that we said the name uh yes I use it in community so okay. and yes it's fine that we you use it right um 
uh, and publish it. That's fine. Yeah. So I've used it in, so I did have like an OnlyFans for a while, but don't have that currently. Um, so that was the name I operated under on OnlyFans. Want to know what I'm currently obsessed with? Mystery Vibes Crescendo Vibrator. The award-winning world's most flexible vibrator that hits you in all the right spots. And do you want to know why it hits you in all the right spots? Because it's bendable. And when I say bendable, I mean fully fucking bendable. You have to go to mysteryvibe.com just to check it out. When you see it, you're going to be like, oh my God, why aren't all vibrators bendable like this? The other thing that they have in this vibrator that I'm also obsessed with is there are six motors throughout the whole vibrator. There's no dead zones. Every single part of it will vibrate if you want it to. And they have 16 different vibrations to choose from and an app that goes with it. So your partner could like vibrate the shit out of you from across the room or wherever they are. There's a reason why this Crescendo has won over 20 international awards. And that's because it's one of a kind. I promise you, you are going to be totally obsessed like I am. And today, just for listening to this episode, I'm going to give you 15% off Crescendo. Yeah, that's right. 15% off. And they have a sale, a holiday sale at Mystery Vibe where you get an additional 25% off from now through December 22nd. So go get your Christmas gifts. Buy one for yourself. Buy one for your partner. All you need to do is go to mysteryvibe.com and use my code strictly15. That's mysteryvibe.com. Use my code strictly15 for 15% off. Thanks, Mystery Vibe, for sponsoring this episode. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Anyone who listens to my podcast knows I've been in therapy many times in my life. I'm always pitching it to people on my show because I totally believe in it. The hardest thing to me about therapy is finding the right therapist, but BetterHelp makes it super easy. All you got to do is fill out a questionnaire, BetterHelp will assess your needs, and then match you with a licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is so committed to giving you great therapy that they make it not only easy, but also free to change therapists if needed, which to me is an added plus, okay? Also, since it's all done online, professional therapists are available worldwide. You could set up sessions as video chats, or if you don't want to see them to see you, do it over the phone. BetterHelp therapy is more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. Want someone to talk to? Join BetterHelp. And today, just for listening to my show, I'm going to give you 10% off your first month. All you got to do is go to betterhelp.com slash strictly for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash strictly for 10% off your first month. Thanks, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. Oh, and what do you do on your OnlyFans? Uh, it was mostly solo play on my OnlyFans. Uh huh. But yeah, I, I took down that account like almost a year ago now. I just was tired and didn't want to keep it up. Yeah, so you got to <laughs> do it. Listen, that's what I get. So, you know, when people make fun of people on OnlyFans that are making a lot of money, and like, remember when OnlyFans, the rug was pulled mm-hmm. from under them, and people were making all kinds of jokes about like, oh, those girls now could go back mm-hmm. to working at Burger King and shit. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, but like, it's a lot of work making content for stuff. I mean, anybody yeah. on there that's pulling a lot of money, it's a full 
time job. People don't really understand. It's the same kind of stuff that I do for my podcast, you know, with my podcasting and my YouTube channel and my Patreon. It's the same kind of thing. So I Mm -hmm. know. And it's not like bullshit. It's hard work. Yeah, it looks like an hour of work, but it was probably four to get that hour that you're seeing and then you're talking to your fans yeah. and you're uh, uploading and downloading and I mean it's just mm-hmm. there's a lot to it it's not you know an easy kind of a thing I just was like it was just pissed me off that people were just making such you know jokes about people that produce content like that and no one feels sexy every single day exactly. no one feels sexy every single day right so it's like how do you push through that on those days that you're just not feeling it that that's a challenge unto itself right that's why you don't do it anymore so you got to give people props that are doing it and are at the top Mm -hmm. of their game they're not girls that are gonna like Mm -hmm. go work at burger king you know what i mean not to say there's anything wrong with that we all start somewhere but those girls are fucking entrepreneurs working their asses off and they have you have to have really good work ethics to to create that into you know to turn Mm -hmm. that into a business so anyway so you had an OnlyFans, but back to you so now does polyamory Mm -hmm. like you use the word anarchy is that what you said as far as like your relationships and what you like yeah, to have? Yeah, the relationship yeah. anarchy yeah. is another term within the non-monogamy sphere uh, that refers to basically just someone who likes to relate to individuals separately and but kind of treats themselves as their own primary partner. Like, I'm not deciding when I meet someone, I need a boyfriend who, you know, fulfills these things for me. That's Mm -hmm. not how I'm going about dating. I go about meeting humans with the intent to like, see how they fit into how we fit into each other's lives. Uh And it's just fluid like that. So it could mean that it, and it accepts fluctuations a lot more than some other relationship types in general, whether polyamorous or monogamous, but I like that it accepts fluctuations a lot. So the person that I was seeing that had, that was, I was playing a lot with that, like um, fantasy degradation. He and I stopped dating in March, but I would still say he's one of my best friends Uh because it just didn't continue to make sense for us to be dating for a variety of reasons. He was just not, able to be present in the relationship because of school and stuff Uh so we just went well if that's not working but we still like each other we don't need to stop being in each other's lives but we just you know redirect what our relationship looks like but let me ask you this because i'm friends with every ex and i you know i would always be able to get to that point that you're talking about but I, I couldn't say that mm-hmm. there wasn't a time between, you know, the ending of one thing and the beginning of a keeping that relationship going in another form where I did have to detach because of the emotional feelings and needed to take a little time for that. Yeah. I wanted to know in your world, because I don't know, is it different where you don't even need mm-hmm. that time? Like you just transition out of it? Like No, seamlessly? I would say that's still... No, emotions are still there. I would say there's still like a necessity in most cases to have some downtime of like separation okay. to reconfigure how you how you relate with them. Okay. Well, maybe then I'm just like you. I wouldn't consider mm-hmm. myself polyamorous, but maybe I'm more fluid in that sense because I have I do always pivot mm-hmm. like that with most people in most relationships. You know, why not? Why would yeah. yeah. And I feel like so many the the idea of relationship length being the 
the indicator of whether the relationship was quote unquote successful doesn't resonate with me either. Me neither. I think I've had some really successful relationships that were three months Mm -hmm. because that's how long we made each other happy. And we still like each other when we reconfigured what that looked like. And you're still in the relationship with them. I mean, just be, it's a different Mm -hmm. form, but you're still talking to them. Yes. So I'm in multiple relationships right now. Uh, under the umbrella of what relationship anarchy can be. So what my relationships look like right now are I have one person who is my full-time 24-7 like owner property relationship. So I have like a an owner who controls if I'm allowed to orgasm or not in general any day um, as well as um, you know, there's certain things that I have to do for like the protocol between our dominant submissive relationship. Oh, okay. So that's a BDSM relationship you have. Is it with a man or a woman? Yes. That's with a man. Okay. So that's your, and that's your primary relationship you would say. Like maybe Uh (laughs) I wouldn't even, I don't know. Like I wouldn't even call him a boyfriend. He's my owner, but he's not my boyfriend. Um, He lives across the country uh-huh. Uh, we have met each other in person, but not actually since we've had our dynamic. So all of our um, BDSM dynamic has been at a distance. Right. And and then I have, separate from that, I have someone at the opposite side of the country that is asexual, that I have a romantic relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just see maybe once a year for as long as we can. And in between, we talk maybe monthly, but they're still so important to me. They're definitely my partner, even though we don't, like, have sex. Uh (laughs) And they agree. This is all, like, this is all mutually agreed upon, right? And you meet them within this lifestyle? Yes, exactly. So that was actually a funny thing with the the one who's asexual, we were talking about, they were telling me about their polycule. So their extended polyamorous family in the city that they're living in right now and how everyone's connected to different people and which who's dating who and who is also dating this other person. So they were telling me about this interconnected network of their partners out there. Yeah. And I realized that I felt like not jealousy per se, but I felt sad that I wasn't included in it. And I was like, why do I feel like that? You know, we had never discussed being partners or anything. And I just was like, no, I feel like we are partners, but we've never talked about this. So I don't like, there's no reason for them to include me in this, but like, I want to be a part of that. I feel like we're partners. Mm -hmm. So I just said to them, uh, they're non-binary. So that's why I'm using they, them pronouns. Oh, okay. Um, Right. uh, They, were yeah telling me about their interconnected network and so I messaged them and I said hey I know we've never talked about this but I kind of feel like you're my partner because we have such a like strong emotional connection like is that reasonable Uh (laughs) and they replied to me in a video crying happy crying like they were like I've been having a really rough day and I have felt like you were my partner for so long but we hadn't discussed it so I didn't know how to bring that up and like absolutely yes I love you oh wow so we just like had this really heartfelt conversation about how we did both consider each other partners even though we had 
actively discussed it previously. And for somebody that's like asexual and is interested in that kind of a relationship, I mean, you were probably the perfect mm-hmm. partner. They also have two partners in their city, so they're not going without romantic connection. But <laughs> yes, uh, it can be a really good fit. Polyamory can be a really good fit for not for asexual people a lot of the time because it means that they can build these really strong emotional connections right. and not feel like they're starving their partner of a part of their romantic connection that they want or need. So, it you know knowing that I'm not I can't give you the sex, but someone else can can actually take a lot of pressure off. Yes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's that connection out out there. And then locally, I have, uh, like, my kind of, like, queer BDSM family that I, of people that are just so important to me that, you know, there was never a need to call anyone a partner necessarily, but we have intimacy in whatever way, whether it's cuddles, whether it's going for dates, whether it's, you know, beating each other's asses with paddles or whatever, um, but not with any technical terms around what that is or any specific expectations of this is the amount of time you spend with a partner. Right. So therefore, if we are partners, we must spend this much time in, in a week together. But you did say, whatever. I'm sorry, but you did say you have this one dom mm-hmm. Who tells you when the fuck you could do mm-hmm. orgasm, when you could have sex. I mean, so you do mm-hmm. have that kind of boundaries put on you right now, correct? Yeah. So he doesn't choose when or if I have sex, only if I can orgasm. So I can have sex all I want. Right. I just can't necessarily come. But as a sub, you must be into the tease and denial then, right? There is some. There is an mm-hmm. aspect oh, yeah. of that being a turn on, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I I enjoy that control being taken from me. I enjoy being told I'm not allowed to come. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Right. Duh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even for extended periods. So yeah. um yeah, like orgasm denial is one of the things that I would say is one of my kinks. So I yeah, the longest I he didn't allow me to come for was I think four weeks. Uh-huh. Um and yeah, it was like I had to edge, so like masturbate, but not come uh, right. every day for four weeks. And so, what was that first that um, orgasm like after? Probably like the best orgasm you ever had in your life. Like cause that's like the buildup, right? That kind <laughs> of foreplay, I'm assuming, is like amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like extended, extended foreplay. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, which is part of the fun too, right? Yes, for sure. Like I have to, like you're focusing a lot on the intimacy thing, but there's like, this is all, these are also like highly sexualized relationships too, like at least with the BDSM one, Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of what those things he's putting on you are not necessarily like emotional boundaries. They're sexual ones that work within your Mm sub-dom thing, right? It's a part of it. It's a part of your kink. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is negotiated and agreed upon. So, like, I, because in that situation, even I was the one who said, like, I'm into, like, orgasm denial, so I want that to be a part of our dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then he just gets to choose, like, what that kind of looks like. But, yeah, with fully all of us aware of where we stand with it and what we get out of it. I, again, had another similar situation where I was cuddling between two of my local like friends who are in this like BDSM queer community and I just like we're at this party and we're all cuddling and I'm like 
Is it weird that I feel like I'm in your polycule, like I'm in a relationship with you two? And they both looked at me and they're like, no, that's not weird. You're definitely in our relationship. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) And it's so funny because like we haven't had sex with each other, but we have like so much emotional intimacy and we've had BDSM play Uh that's sexual in nature in its own ways. But when you say you've had like not sad sex, but kind of had like, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Well, so for example, um, I had one BDSM scene with my previous partner and one of these women and they both like beat my ass. Like I was being kicked in the ass, all kinds of things. Um, as well as I did like have, like I went down on the man that I was dating and also like my other friend gave me one of her dildos to like ride. Mm -hmm. So it was a very sexual experience. Right. But without necessarily having direct sexual relations with her. Mm -hmm. So I have those, all those relationships kind of going on. And now I'm newly uh, seeing a man who is married and has another girlfriend as well. And his wife also has another um, woman partner. Oh, okay. So his girl is in the know. She's in the know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We're all in the know. <laughs> right. So I've had like I've had conversations with both his wife and her other partner. I haven't talked to the other girlfriend of his, mm-hmm. but uh, she's aware of me and I'm aware of her. Um, and that has been a very sexual relationship for the last little while. Like a part of that for me still is like, oh, like, can you come over right after you've had sex with someone else? Because that's really hot. Like, yeah, no, don't, you don't have to shower before coming over because, like, I want you to smell like another woman. Right. Because that's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way that, like, that cucking part is coming out, I feel like, because that's not necessarily the polyamory. Like, lots of people are polyamorous who are like, yeah, the second you get in that door, you're going to shower before you touch me. <laughs> Yeah, totally. That's um, not, that's the cock queen. Like, you. it's fine that you're doing that, but like, I don't need to interact with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that's hot. Like they're, they're on vacation right now. And I'm, you know, as much as I miss him, I'm also like, yeah, it's really hot that you're having this like one-on-one time with her and I don't get to be a part of it. Right. But hopefully, I mean, for you, a lot of times you'll ask for pictures or stuff like that. I mean, and, and you could, or mm-hmm. details help. Oh yeah. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, even, yeah, yeah. Just any layer of the, like, I, I know I, like, I'm focusing on intimacy rather than necessarily sex, but even the intimacy is such a turn on for me mm-hmm. that, like, just seeing, you know, my partner and someone else kissing is such a turn on for me. It's like, oh, that's really hot. <laughs> right. Um, where, like, I don't even necessarily need to see, like, them having sex or something, but, like, seeing them together is enough that, like, that's a turn on. Now, I've heard from a lot of guys who are into being cucks, they were able mm-hmm. to tie it back, and I don't know that it's necessarily connected or, you know, how it starts or whether you're born with it or not, but there have been a couple cucks that remember specifically them being cheated on or they were dumped and then their partner at a very young age 
was with somebody mm-hmm. else and realizing they were like oddly like very devastated by it, but also at the same time turned on. And that was very confusing because this, like I said, happened when they were like super young. Do you remember anything like that going yeah. on for you when you were really young? Not, not really. Um, I definitely was cheated on um, in my earlier relationship. And that was the one that I started realizing that I liked, like seeing him flirt um, yeah, yeah, with yeah. someone else. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that that spurred it unto itself, but that being said, it definitely, so in terms of how it feels yeah. on the kind of inside in those situations, it's, it's almost like jealousy converted into turn on, like, or like competitive urge, even in some situations yeah. where like, and those things combine into yeah, like just arousal. So knowing that you were fucking someone else, it's like, okay, well now I really have to impress you because like you were with someone else and now I need to like show you how good I am. Right. Um, and the fun of that is one aspect. Mm-hmm. And then what about you said turning the jealousy into the turn on? Like you, you mentioned that, like, how do you, like you said, that's how it kind mm-hmm. of feels. Like, can you explain that further? Because I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are really jealous. We all have that. Like, how, how do you mm-hmm. turn that into something that is a turn on? Or is that just something that happens if you have this kind of kink? I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't have the full answer to that yeah. in terms of like, could anyone turn jealousy yeah, yeah, yeah. into, uh, okay. like in pleasure? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if anyone could do that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like kind of how I'm able to reframe it is a part of that is understanding that like they're here with me cause they want to be. Yeah. And to even be comfortable with the degradation and being told, you know, I wish it was someone else part of why that's even okay is because as much as I'm hearing that, I know that this person's here with me because they want to be here with me. Right. And there has to be like that intrinsic, deeper knowing Mm -hmm. to have the comfort to have those experiences also. So it's a part of that is reminding yourself that yes, I'm feeling jealous, but I know this person really does care about me. And like having ways that you can remind yourself that that person really does care about you can help convert that jealousy in a way. Um, But converting it into turn on. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it, a part of that is the competitiveness um, or just, I don't know. So especially if it's two people that I'm attracted to, um, whether I'm seeing both of them or not, it's like, it's like real life porn. It's like seeing, okay, well, I'm, I find this person really hot to the point where like, I feel really strong feelings for them. And so seeing them have this sexual pleasure and enjoyment with another person who's also really hot, I'm like, that's just really hot. Mm-hmm. And, and there's the added feeling of the emotional connection to add to that arousal. Because for me, I don't, enjoy watching very much porn because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know them. They're just humans. Yes. They're like hot, but I just don't get that much out of it. Yeah. So for me, I enjoy that in person so much more because I get to 
um, have the added emotional connection. Right. So that added emotional connection adds to the sexual arousal because I find it very hard actually to be aroused with something by someone who I don't have an emotional connection with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just another layer to being turned on by, um, by the emotional connection and how that feeds into the, my sexuality. And now, so a lot of people would be like, oh, you can't be in love, quote unquote, with more than one person. Do you feel like you have been in love or are in love with all these people in your life? And is it romantic love? Like, have you been in romantic love with more than one person? I mean, because I've always like, oh, polyamory, like, how would you really fall hard and fat, you know, with that, with the same way Mm -hmm. with one person with somebody else? I mean, do you feel like you have that right now in your life or have had that? I would say I have had that and do have that, um, right. be, but not in the, it, it's not the same, right. but it's not supposed to be the same. Right. I think a lot of people treat their monogamous relationship like, well, if it's like the love has to feel better than the last love I felt or else it's not real enough because it's going to end. Right. Whereas in this situation, it's like, no, it's just, I can feel that, you know, there's that new relationship energy of this new person is so exciting and I just like want them to like all of the time. I want them in me, on me all of the time. And there's that excitement and you can have that passion for one person and you can have that passion for more than one person at a time, but also that's not natural to have that constantly all of the time with one person forever. Right. No one does. Right. <laughs> You're going to have ebbs and flows in relationships. So it's not, it's, it's understanding that your expectation needs to include that. Mm-hmm. So can I, can I, and do I have romantic love for more than one of these people? Yeah, I absolutely love each one of these people, but is it the same? No, it's definitely not the same, but it doesn't need to be. Right. Yeah, no, I get it. You're so smart. There, I, you're just you're a good explainer. Like I said, Thanks. I just you you're very, you know. I think this, is, and I always give props to the younger generation. It's very different. You know, you live in a different world, and you're it, you should feel very lucky that you were born now and not when I was born because you'd be so fucking confused. It's mm-hmm. like you know, you're very you know. It's everything. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I'm so glad that there's the resources that there are now to like even podcasts like this. Being yeah, able to just hear other people who can have had different experiences yeah and 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 then you know you're not alone and then you know you can put a label I think a lot of older people are very like anti all these labels and all this stuff that all the young people are doing but I think it's it's really great because it is starting to clear up like all the different things that exist like I said I've had a lot of these kind of relationships in my life but like when I was younger because there weren't labels and because nobody did anything out of the box and nobody thought they were allowed to you know there was no room for it and like I said no labels no room for it no acceptance of it and so there was just a lot of confusion and a lot of people like I said they were labeled dysfunctional or not real but they were valid the I think you know they were always valid to me and amazing experiences in my life that taught me things and grew you know but yet because they weren't boyfriends or husbands you know I think 
people and mm-hmm. even me because of the time that I grew up didn't wasn't able to fully say like oh that was a relationship that was great you know it was like labeled mm-hmm. oh dysfunctional Not validating it yeah yeah and you live in a time mm-hmm. where you can and I think that that's why these labels and all these things that you young people are doing is so good because I think it's more natural I'm sorry to say listen I think that there are people out there that are just mm-hmm. very monogamous by nature that's how they're born but then mm-hmm. there's people that aren't you know everybody's different and uh I think though if you are somebody like you and there's probably I mean you're in that world you I'm sure know tons of people like you mm-hmm. know it's great that you guys can uh get everything out of your relationship. Find each other. <laughs> yeah, and, and get everything out mm-hmm. of it and look at it as a positive thing, you know, not so much negative and just be who you are and be happy. I think it's really good. You are going yeah. to send me pictures, right? I'm sure. Mary sparkled tits. Yes, I definitely can send you some pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what would you rate yourself on a one to 10? People always, I used to always ask, now that I do, you know, anonymous pics on my Patreon, I show people, but what would you say you are a one mm-hmm. to 10? Uh, I, like, so I'm going to give you a little bit of an opinion and then I will like, and then I'll get back to your actual question. Yeah. So first of all, I really hate societal beauty expectations. Yeah. And I think that people like so many different people can be beautiful in so many ways. Uh-huh. If we just open our mind to understanding that people are different and that is beautiful. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I, I hate the grading scale for that reason because it always breaks down to what society expects. Right. And listen, society is ridiculous what they pre- used to pretend that everyone liked because I knew fucking guys and I know girls and like everyone's into all different kinds of things. Oh, you yeah. Know? So I always feel like, you know, Absolutely. your number is like how you feel and what you see yourself as. And I think that's mm-hmm. always, and that's what's hot, right? Like, what do you, so mm-hmm. maybe the ter- the question for you should be like, what do you feel? Yeah on a scale of one to 10 is hotness. Yeah. Okay. So that's a bad question I, okay, too. I'll give, I'll give you two answers. Though. <laughs> oh, no. I will give you <laughs> based on society's expectations. Yeah, I sure. would say I'm probably like, like nine ish. Okay. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, I'm fit. I'm, I don't know, a fairly petite person. I have. Hmm? Yeah. Go on. No, I didn't say anything. Uh, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I have like that, like hourglass figure. Uh, so it fits what society wants for women. Yeah. Um, and then for like how I feel it, like, I feel like I'm normal Yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Like I just don't put myself on any kind of pedestal of like, I am better looking than someone else. It's just not how I view myself. So if I was going to say myself, I'd be like seven, but right. not in a, that I don't think I'm attractive way just in that I'm normal. I'm just a person just like anyone else. Right, right. Like you are you and for you, that's just how you feel. I get it. I get it. I'm like, you know, old. So I still live in that world. I ask these dumb questions, you know, but I love that Mm -hmm. you. No, no, I'm not even trying to take away from your question. No, I love what you do. It's a question for me personally. No, but I love your, (laughs) I love your different take on everything because I, like I said before, it's fresh. I think it's smart and it's better the way you look at things and the way that you feel. And I think that that's great. And listen, I think that society has already changed. Like, look at like what is on the cover of magazines and stuff. You know, I agree. Oh yeah. It's definitely getting better. 
definitely getting more accepting. Yeah, that people could like look and see themselves all over, all kinds of people. And I think that that's great. It's so much different. Um, I love your voice. I think it's great that, you know, you, you are that way and there are other people are. I feel like you could probably have gotten even like 10 times more specific on the show. Maybe people are going to get mad at me because I had so many questions for you. I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> Very good. So it sounds really yeah, good. I like, yeah, I definitely think that it, it, it's one of those, how much time do we have? Cause uh, how I can go, I can go into a lot of detail or <laughs> no, we're going to do a part two. We're going to do yeah, a Mary so. sparkle tits part two, where now we got the backstory. This is your backstory. This is all the stuff. And then maybe one yeah. day we'll do, we'll do, we'll do a part two, Mary sparkle tits. And we'll do like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, real specific stuff that people would love to hear because I'm sure you have so much of it, but I think the overview is really great. Yeah, I feel like we needed this to get the for the starting place, and then and then yes, if you'd like to have me on again, I would I would be happy to go into a little more detail of some specifics. Yeah, let's do it. So I think it was really great uh, what you had to say. I still love your name, so I'm going to say it one last time, Mary Sparkletits. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling Thank in. You. And so the funny, yeah. I'll give you a really short why my why my why Sparkletits. Yeah. Um, so by profession, I do nails. Yeah. And I end up with glitter all over me all the time. So it was just, it's really that simple that I just have glittery tips a lot of the time. Oh my God. <laughs> Hilarious. So it's from the nail salon gets on your tits and then mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, here I am. Mary sparkle tits. I love it. It, it really is yeah. like a great porn name. <laughs> and it was a good name for yes, uh, only fans, right? Was that your only fans name? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, well, and then you should yeah, eventually it, it get was. into making that porn for people, but you don't have to, you know, I don't know. I just think that you belong in that world. It's great. I also like to write erotica, so oh, you do? I've done some of that, too. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, it's, so, it's so up your alley. And do you, po do you, do you want to give a shout-out to anything? Like, is there anything that you want to give a shout-out? Do you have erotica that you sell that you want to talk about, like that you want me to put a link to or anything? Or not <sighs> no, yet? No, not, not at this point. Maybe okay. one day. <laughs> okay, well, when you do, you'll come back on and I'll promote the shit out of it. But thank you so much for calling in, and we're definitely doing a Mary Sparkle Tits Part 2, okay? So I'm going to send you the link, and you could sign up for that. Perfect, yes, I will. All right, okay. thank you thank so you. much for calling in. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous 
send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly.